Hello, guys. Uh, before we get this episode started, I do just want to um, quickly say that, you know, the, this podcast as a whole, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims uh, of the University of Virginia football team that tragically lost their lives over the weekend. There was three football players. Um, you know, it's just kind of sad to see their life taken away um, from them at a young age. They were still in college and obviously a sad tragedy and we just want to get that out of the way uh, before we start not to make light of any events just that our thoughts and prayers are with uh the victims and their families and that we hope that the virginia community can have some healing going forward and with that said we start our show we're going to welcome on dalton bishop i'm spencer brown how's it going dalton it's going fantastic buddy how are you doing Oh, just I'm excited to talk some sports with you, man. It's been a it's been a week, you know, and unfortunately, Christian, due to another, it's a schedule thing with Christian. And we obviously, honestly, we well, just aired out right here. We love Christian, and we know what he's doing is uh, he loves what he's doing, and we we don't fault him at all for um, you know not being able to make the podcast every week. We know it's in the right space. And that, like, he truly does miss this. So we wish Christian, you know, the best going forward this week. It's a very busy time for him, but he'll be back sooner rather than later. And we will be happy to have him on. But, Dalton, uh, anything you want to say before we dive into our discussions tonight? Um, uh, I love you, buddy. And uh, hook him horns. All right, let's oh, go. All right, all right. Let's dive in. Um, so a few weeks ago, we talked some NBA news and notes, and we mentioned, you know, Brooklyn Nets. At the time, the information that we was public was, you know, um, Steve Nash is being fired, Jacques Vaughn is the interim coach, and they're seeking to go hire Ime Udoka away from the Celtics. That has since uh, changed course. And has I, I know I laid out, I was very – uh, furious with the decision for the fact that you had Kyrie Irving who was on his anti-Semitic rants at the time um, maybe not rant might be not not the right word but he had the posts on social media that was construed as anti-Semitic by people and it would have been like a huge red flag from a PR perspective to bring in Ime Udoka uh, I think and Vaughn's not a bad coach I think that was a smart decision you make him the the coach going forward and I think you live with it. Like, Vaughn, he's not horrible. He'll be fine. And this, I, get, I think Brooklyn's in a, a rough situation right now. Just with everything going on with Kyrie was suspended. And he's still, uh, it was an indefinite suspension. Has not played since then. Um, but Vaughn, I mean, he's getting a fair shot now. Because I think 2020 he did not get be great. He was not granted a fair shot to be the coach. And... I mean, someone was inexperienced, but now he's the coach in Brooklyn. You're going to live with it. We're going to see how this thing goes. They have a, uh, another year on the contract, so we'll see uh, what goes on with that. Dalton, anything you want to say about the Jock Vaughn being named the official head coach of the Brooklyn Nets? It seems it seems like uh, it, a good move. It seems like it's been a good move so far. Um, they've... Uh, They've been able to get on track just a little bit. Um, obviously, too early to tell because it's. I mean, we still have a lot of games left, so you know it seems like a good move right now. But let's wait until the, you know February, March before we before we actually you know give her give our really really. I'm not gonna say really good thoughts, but you know, uh, we'll have some season. We'll have some see like some good games and some like a lot of games under under his. But at that point, we'll know we'll yeah. know like what's what's going on over there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, anyway, on to MLB. We are it's awards season, so as the awards are unveiled, we will. Reveal, we will give our thoughts on the MLB awards. As of now, there's only a couple awards that have been announced. That has been, you know, Rookie of the Year. They announced Julio Rodriguez in the American League for the Seattle Mariners. And then Michael Harris 
the second in the National League. He has been named the Rookie of the Year um, in that league because Major League Baseball separates. So Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves, by the way, the defending champs, but he was not on the team last year. Uh, he had a, he had a fantastic year too. I mean, Julio was took the basically was the front runner from the beginning of the season on, and then. They announced earlier today, as we're recording, November 15th, they announced the managers of the year. They got Terry Francona of the now-named Cleveland Guardians and Buck Showalter of the New York Mets. I think he got great award winners there. Uh, Francona gave it, leading the Guardians back to the playoffs, a division that was very winnable, and they they took it and they got it. And then Buck Showalter leading the Mets back to the playoffs after – a couple down years for the team in the Queens that, you know, they were so close to the playoffs and then stuff just did not go their way. So uh, both teams made the playoffs, both managers, I think deserving, both rookies deserving as well. Dalton, anything you want to add on either any of the award winners that have been announced so far in major league baseball? Yeah. Julio Rodriguez is a great player. Um, Team, uh, the Manners, which they, they season, and um, I think is a shining star that is uh, hopefully going to be be there for a while. Yeah, uh, again, as the awards, they'll probably be announced in the next few days. So, uh, if you're listening to this in the next, upcoming days, just know those are the awards that we have the information of right now and we will discuss them going forward next week uh but Dalton I understand there's still some racing left in going on so I'll throw to you now thanks bud um I'm just gonna go with NASCAR first um some news today that well you know we've known over the course of the season that you know Kyle Busch is not going to be racing for Joe Gibbs racing next year um, uh, Ty Gibbs is going to be taking over Kyle Busch's spot um, for uh, JGR. So that is not surprising, if I'm being completely honest. Um, Ty Gibbs won the Xfinity Cup this year, and moving him up to now to the Cup Series. Uh, seemed like only the correct move, especially when um, you have someone in your family who is the top dog. So um, Ty Gibbs will be racing Dota next year in the Cup Series uh, full-time. I know he did a few races while Kurt Busch was out this year, so uh, he's already gotten himself seasoned with how those things go. But that is what is going on in the NASCAR world uh, that I know of. Um, we had a Formula One race this past weekend, which, if I'm being completely honest, I watched very little of because I am a very busy man with busy things to do. And for those of you who don't know, I am still in school, so there is things that need to be completed and deadlines that have to be met. So, um, yeah, we had the Brazilian Grand Prix um, presented by Heineken, which is an awful beer. But if there, I heard there's an alcohol, a non-alcoholic version that is actually Well, now we just okay. lost a potential Heineken sponsorship that may come our way in the future. Thanks Maybe. a lot. No problem. I'm always there to help you out, buddy. That's for, it's for good reason. Um, but I've heard their non-alcoholic is very, is very tasty. So maybe we can, maybe we can get them there. Let's see. Um, this race went sort of, sort of sideways, sort of what I not expected. Um, George Russell pulled out the dub. Um, so it looks like Max Verstappen will not be going for 16 wins this season. Uh, George Russell of Mercedes took, took the first place. Uh, Lewis Hamilton came in second. Carlos Saints in third. Charles Leclerc in fourth. 
Fernando Alonso in fifth, Max Verstappen in sixth, Sergio Perez in seventh. Um, while this, you know, seems pretty normal, there was there was like some things that that happened, uh, like Verstappen refusing to obey Red Bull orders late in the Brazilian Grand Prix. They throw said over the radio that Verstappen should let Perez pass. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure on the reasoning behind that, but regardless, when a team has an order and it's for the betterment of the team, I would expect the teammate, uh, the team member to do such an order, and he just not. So that tells me um, Sergio Perez has every right to be angry. Um, I am backing him completely on this. Um, you know, when you're participating in a team sport, you expect everyone to be selfless um, and not really try to look out for the betterment of the team and not look out for yourself. And this seemed like a pretty selfish move, if I'm being completely transparent. Um, and so now, like, if I'm Sergio, I just realize, you know, this is who I have to – this is this is my teammate. And so why – why do I give myself up for the team when he's not going to give himself up for the team? You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things. And it's like a one place to, you know, that's we're talking, we're talking literally sixth and seventh place. So, you know, you're not even competing for top three, top four, even, um, so why not just back off? Let Sergio pass. It, it'll be you've won 14 races this season. You know you you secured the drivers' championship. Why not for once? Just listen. Just listen to the team's orders. Let Sergio pass, and let, and just let it go. But he didn't. So that's. You know, I I thought that was kind of interesting, and you know, I think I think Max, you know, he said that he said there's there's reasons that he didn't do it. You know, people were I heard through you know there was like reports that something happened earlier in the year where you know Max and Sergio got into it. You know, that's 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 so petty. Like just. You know, if you can't resolve anything, if you can't figure out as teammates, then just don't be teammates. Okay, like that's this just it's just petty stuff. Like I'm just come on, come on now. You're both professional racers. Um, but yeah, I fully I I side with Sergio here. Um, they he definitely should have. Uh, Max should have let Sergio pass, um, and he, he just did it. So um, I'd like to see how this next race goes, which is the last one of the season. Um, it is this weekend, uh, Sunday the 20th. Uh, it is Ayuba, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Um, it's the last one of the season, and... Um, I think I don't really have a prediction for you. Um, I think it's pretty much anything's up for grabs. Um, obviously. And I like to see a good final race to this Formula One season. Um, All right. Thank you for that, Dalton. We're going to take a brief intermission when we return. Um, everyone's probably their favorite part of the show, NFL, uh, news and notes. So stick around. And we're back from our brief intermission and we'll, we'll just begin with this. So every week we kind of, uh, we may have mentioned we now, we kind of, if, if we did, it was a like very passive mention of the undefeated tracker. Uh, by now people that follow the NFL knew the Eagles were the last undefeated team in the NFL 
But for the second time in three seasons, the NFL franchise in Washington, in the nation's capital, even though technically they play in Landover, Maryland, um, have be, have become the team to knock off the last undefeated team. Two years ago, Pittsburgh was undefeated when the then-named Washington football team went in and got the dub last year. Obviously, that was a Thursday night primetime game. Uh, I mean, two years ago, it was a Wednesday game. It's always a standalone game, it seems, because last year was the Thursday night game with the Cardinals playing the Packers, and the Packers pulled off the win, making, making the Cardinals have their first loss. And then this year, Monday night football, the a no Eagles losing to a division rival in the Commanders. Um, it was a game where the Commanders, Taylor Heineke is the guy, not Heineke, because Dahl does not like Heineke, but I bet he likes Heineke. Um, Heineke had a great game, enough to get the job done. Uh, you know, Philly led early, but then the Commanders took the lead at halftime on the Joey Sl- oh, scored a touchdown. Brian Robinson Sly gets a field goal before the half, and the Commanders just kind of rolled throughout the second half, and and they have knocked off the now previously undefeated Eagles. Dalton, any thoughts on the Eagles suffering their first loss? Then they will not be seventeen and zero this year. First initial thoughts, probably um, such an unfortunate event. I was really hoping that they would go undefeated, um, but that's okay. Um, we know that they're not perfect, like they they're not, and um, this is a this is a good thing to learn from. I'm sure they'll take the film and try to figure it out for next week. Um, but I think all around the game, there were some mistakes. I think they all, all season through eight, through eight games, they, they had, they had three turnovers on offense. Um, last night or two nights ago, last night, they had three or four turnovers. So that's, that's something I guess Washington was very prepared for on defense. They they came ready to play and you know, give Washington credit. They went in there in a very hostile environment. I think that's the correct correct way to describe Lincoln or I don't even know what their feels now, but um I think that's the correct way to describe the Philadelphia um yes field, uh, vibe, fan base, sort of atmosphere, uh, very home field advantage like, and, you know, they pulled it off. So, um, credit, credit to the, uh, the commander commanding their way, uh, to a dub. Yep. Uh, on to our segments. Uh, so my team was on by Dalton. Uh, how did the LA Rams fare this week? Not very well. If I'm being completely honest with you, not very well. Um, they started John Wolford at quarterback this week with Matthew Stafford concussion protocol. Um, the Rams managed to put up 17 points to the Cardinals, 27 points. So. I'm not good at scorekeeping, but that sounds like a loss. And it was are awful this year. Um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna pick another team. I'm gonna stick with this team, but they've got some things to figure out. Um, they they've had their ninth different of lineman combination this season for that game. Um, how? I have no clue. Um, just an absolute. Um, it's They've got more turnover in the offensive line than UPS. Like, there's nobody, there's nothing stable about their offensive line. Nothing. Um, Cooper Cup got injured in that game. 
what initially was believed to be a high ankle sprain, he's going to need surgery. So my thoughts are he'll be out for close to the rest of the season. I'm not a medical expert. I'm just well, guessing. I will jump in for a second. Uh, they put him on IR today, which means he is out a minimum of four weeks. Perfect. So at plus the recovery time, you're looking at maybe if he really wanted to come back week 16 or 17, maybe. Um. Rams are going to win, like, four games this year, maybe. Um, they're probably going to go 4-12 or 4-13 now. Um, back to this game, Kyrie, Kyrie, uh, <laughs> Kyler, ah, pardon me. You're going to have to excuse me. Gosh, I sound like an idiot. Um, Kyler Murray did not play. Um Instead, it was uh, former Texas Longhorn quarterback Colt McCoy. So, as you can see, I was torn right down the middle as I was low-key cheering on Colt McCoy um, while also on my team, the Rams, to win. Hey, you know, this game seemed a little bit, you know, seemed like the Cardinals had a pretty good grip on it. Um, it was kind of just like which team was going to screw up more. That's kind of what, what was going to happen with this game. Um, and the Rams just screwed up more. So, um, yeah, it was not particularly great. Um, good to the Cardinals for pulling out the dub. They are... Uh, Four and six on the season, uh, which, if I'm mistaken, is in the thick of the playoff hunt. Because being four and six, you're in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, I love the seventh team in the playoffs. Absolutely, me too. Um, and the Rams should be looking towards the off season. So you're three and seven, um, and. Don't have a first round pick because they gave it to the Lions, who are also three and seven. So, love to see that helping out our fellow clubs. Um, draft picks, they have a I don't think they pick until the fourth round this year. I'm waiting for the year when they pick in the seventh round because they keep giving the picks away. Um, That'll be better for me scheduling-wise, so I don't have to watch the first six rounds of the NFL draft, and I think it's more important. Um, so I think that they're trying to help me as well. Um, but that's, yeah. How'd it go for me this weekend, Spence? Just your typical Sunday uh, with a big, fat loss. So... I would much rather prefer to be on bye, but, you know, we're only given one bye per, per season. Uh, yeah, back to you. All right. At least you go to New Orleans next week. It's not like any of the Rams have had any controversial games in New Orleans in the past, so. Oh. Controversial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just had to get that dig in there. Yeah, that's, that was really good. Appreciate that. All right. Anyway, superlatives time. Game of the week. Dalton, let's start with you. Uh, what was your game of the week for this week of the NFL season? Uh, my game of the week was the game that you are probably a little bit reluctant of giving you last week. We were trying to pick up it, but it turned out to actually be a good game. What? Come on, son. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take the day. I will take. A fist bump. Um, yes, sir. That You know that was a good game. Deep down in your heart of hearts, you knew that this was going to be a good game. And when you saw the score, what? 
You were like, frick yeah, that's my co-host that picked that this week. Missed it. All of us. We incorrectly picked that game. The Lions and the Bears. In a classic NFC North division matchup. Um, Jared Goff and the Lions traveled to Soldier Field to take on Justin Field and the Bears. How about the freaking Detroit Lions? Down early, big time. And they just came back, dude. They were down 24-10 to 10 after the third quarter and came back and beat the freaking Bears. 31-30. to 30. Justin Fields had a career day. I mean, it seemed like a career day. I don't keep up with the statistics, but it seemed it was pretty phenomenal. Um, for one of those games where this was one of those games where I thought the records didn't even matter. Let's take records out of it for a minute. Like these, you just felt like it was going to be close. And it was towards the end in the fourth quarter. That's when it matters. And we found out that to the Chicago Bears, the fourth quarter doesn't matter because they blew it. Um, and we found out from the Lions that the fourth quarter does matter. And they don't give a crap about the first three quarters. Uh, that was terrific. I really enjoyed keeping up with that game. Um, awesome. Really great. That was my game of the week, Spence. All right. So before I give mine, I do want to give a disclosure. Um, had I seen the full of t- full uh, like second half and overtime of Vikings Bills, I definitely would have picked that because that game was by far one of the better games. Unfortunately, I did not see it live. I saw the highlights, obviously. Uh, but I feel like I should, for this part, talk about a game that I actually did see most of, and that is Bucks Seahawks. The game took place over in Germany, the first ever NFL game in Germany, and also the first game where you had two teams both leading their division. Earlier this year, we had the Giants-Packers game, which was the first overseas game. Uh, between teams that had a winning record, this because of the you know the Bucks leading the division was the first time you had two teams leading the division playing a game internationally, um, and it you had a bunch of chaos there. Brady was going for the NFL record for most passes in a row without an interception. He he was three shy uh, before throwing a pick. There was also a weird play where they had Leonard Fournette snap the ball. Brady lined up as receiver, uh, and it went as well as you would think. It was picked off by Tariq Woolen, the fifth-round corner out of UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, for those uh, are unaware. Uh, That's what that stands for? That is indeed what it stands for. I mean, Tampa jumped out to an early lead. It was 21-3 at one point. But then Seattle was rallying. They cut it down to 21 to 16. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, that was all she wrote. Uh, after the touchdown, Bray just kind of, you know, possessed the ball. And they did not allow um, Seattle a final touch in the game. So that was my game of the week just because, actually, even though, you know, the Bucks led for the entirety of the game just about um, – it got close late, and that was, again, my game of the week disclosure. I did not catch the second half of Vikings-Bills. Otherwise, I probably would have picked that. You know, a most impressive performance from this week. I, I'm going to get to our guy. Uh, I get a shout to one of our friends. He behind this pick when it happened, Christian Watson. Of the Green Bay Packers, Watson killed four catches, three touchdowns on 107 yards. I mean, Watson was not having a good year at all to this point. And he finally has, you know, Rodgers finally trusts him. And Rodgers gets him the football. And 
they needed every single catch he gave because they were down 14 in the second half. Watson catches two fourth-quarter touchdowns, and then overtime they get Mason Crosby, hits the game winner to have the Packers pull off the come-from-behind victory over the Cowboys. Dolan, what was your most impressive performance from this week? Mine was Justin Fields, and um, you might be saying, Dalton, why did you pick the game of the week and the most impressive from the same game? Well, hear me out, all right? Listen, I have got an outstanding reason. Justin Fields' stat line, because that's what we gauge for most impressive. At least, that's what some of us do. Give me a second. Really terrific. 12 for 20. 167 yards. Two touchdowns, one INT, one, one interception. 13 carries, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. What? There's no quarterback that had that good of a stat line for this entire weekend. Huh? Yeah, I know. I know. That was an absolutely phenomenal performance. That resulted in an L, but regardless, it was a phenomenal performance. All right, thank you, Dalton, for that. On to the least impressive performance from the week. Uh, Dalton, let's just go back to the start here. What was your least impressive performance from the previous week of the NFL season? Probably being too aggressive. And here's what I mean. There's Since you and I were having this conversation, obviously off the record, um, about the potential for some – some teams being aggressive when it comes to playing um, on Sundays. Um, obviously, we get it. There are some rules in place for the safety of the players. Um, but, you know, obviously, there's, some, there's just some teams. Um, not going to name any teams, point anybody out, but... Um, there are some teams that are just a little too aggressive, just smidge. Like where, where you're watching them play their defense, their defense. They're just hitting these offensive at such the wrong times. It seems like they're meaning to do it, and that's just something that you know, I think. I think watching the games uh, again not gonna anybody out if you were watching football this past Sunday you probably like be watching all the games going from game to probably to um, look at a few examples but there was just some examples I'm just like why would you do that you know like I totally get tackling somebody but when your teammate is tacked in the correct way, and then you come in out of nowhere and hit at the completely wrong spot that either results in an injury of the offensive player, a flag, or both, then there's no excuse for that. That's just a little bit too much. You know, that's that's where that's where we get to, you know. I think every player at every position has to think about the livelihood that these players have out, uh, like off the field. Okay, these are real people with real feelings and real lives. Like this, like they have a house, they have a car, they're a son, they're a father, they're an uncle, a brother, whatever. Like these are real people, real lives. So let's like not think of them as like robots, but instead like just. You know, these are actual people who could actually get hurt. So before you get on yourself to try to get a big hit and hype up your team afterwards, like really think about is this going to take them out of the game? Because that detrimental to the offensive and or defensive person. We've seen plenty of occurrences 
where both parties involved have been injured and had to have come out of the game because the defensive player took it upon himself to try to get a big hit, and the offensive player was defenseless. So, you know, those are just the type of situations where it's just not a great look. It's not a great look from the NFL perspective, and I think, quite frankly, uh, shaped up and like smoothed out just a smidge because uh, honestly, if I'm like watch an NFL game, I'm gonna let him watch like ultra, like just like violent max, um, where it goes beyond just playing tackle football, it goes like it's like some bounty gate New Orleans Saints type stuff where like they're out to harm the other person, uh, it, like. Just rather like intentionally, so um, yeah, that was probably least impressive for me watching the games the past weekend. All right, for me, uh, my least impressive. I'm probably I know I've definitely mentioned this in the past. Um, oh, maybe I haven't, but Josh McDaniels uh, and his play calling, and obviously. The entire Las Vegas Raiders. I wasn't very high on the Raiders. I thought they would miss the playoffs because I thought they were probably the worst team in that division. Uh, as of now, I'm being proved right by that. Uh, and again, I'm not calling for McDaniels to be fired. I think there's a lot of factors that are going into the season. Uh, but you have the Colts who literally hired a guy from TV to be their coach in the last week. And you lose to that team. With the Colts. I mean, the Colts beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. You have Jeff Saturday, who back when he was on TV, actually tweeting out, the Raiders are terrible, the Raiders suck, something to that extent. And then just showing how easy it was to beat the Raiders, uh, he ends up going out and getting the dub over them. And Carr, I've, props to Derek Carr post-game. You could just tell his post-game availability, uh, the emotions it got to him like how much he cares and he wants to win for Las Vegas, for the Raiders organization. Like he wants to be there. And I, I give a hat tip to Derek Carr. Um, and but McDaniels like is going as bad as anyone could think. And I, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be a one and done coach. There's been reports. He won't be, um, but it's not the start that you probably wanted to see. If you are the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, onto biggest surprise for me, it's simple. It is the fact that all four teams in the AFC East are currently playoff bound as we stand today after um, this week of football. I mean, you look at the playoff standings, you have the one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, the two seed, the Miami Dolphins. Three seed Tennessee Titans, four seed Ravens, because you only have one in the top four due to division winners getting a top four seed. Uh, and then all three wild card spots. You have five being the Jets, six being the Bills. Um, because the Jets have a head-to-head -head victory over the Bills, the Jets are currently five. And you have the Patriots at seven. I I guess I thought Patriots would be a playoff team. I was low on the Dolphins. I was, admittedly. I thought Buffalo would, you know, far away be the better team in the division. Uh, it's a, the division's way too close right now. It is uh, pretty fun to see after years of people saying how bad that division was and, you know, us thinking, you know, oh, the AFC West could be very good because look at the quarterbacks of that division with Herbert and Russell Wilson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. You thought maybe that division could get three, four playoff teams. Um even like the NFC West, like, I mean, last year they got three playoff teams, and they, who thought they could maybe do it again? Um, like, anything could happen. Like, it is a weird scenario that I believe the Jets and potentially the Bills, depending on what transpires, could go to the one seed or out of the playoffs entirely, um, depending on if they win or if they lose, and then. What else transpires this week? Miami's on a bye, though. So Miami, there's a chance they could slide into the one seed. If Kansas City loses, I'm not sure where the tiebreaker is right off the top of my head between those two teams. I don't think they played. 
Um, but that is my biggest surprise that we could see all four AFC East teams in the playoffs, and that's where it would be today. Dalton, your biggest surprise. Yes, uh, Jeff Saturday winning his first game on the road. Um, and it seemed like Colts have new life. Jonathan Taylor actually ran the ball pretty well. Um, over 100 yards rushing on, I believe, 22 carries. Uh, Matt Ryan seemed like a competent quarterback again after getting benched earlier this season. And, you know, I think, you know, watch out for the Colts. They're 4 5 and 1 right now, if I'm not mistaken. And um, actually, let me this the Colts are in are in a very winnable division. Um but you said the Patriots at the seventh seed they're five and four if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And you know the Colts are in the hunt. Um so watch out for them. I'm serious. Five and one um the Eagles just lost. That's who they have this week at home. And then after that, week 12, um, the Colts are playing the lowly Steelers. Week 13, the Cowboys, which if you if you paid attention to the Packers-Cowboys game this past week, and the Cowboys, Aaron Jones, run up and down the field. Um, it was awful in terms of their run defense so that's got to be great for Jonathan Taylor the week after that week 14 you have the bye and then coming off the bye which it's very hard to do but coming off the bye they have the Vikings that could be a tough one I think that could be a loss um and then they have the Chargers the Chargers have especially in the receiving core and defense they have a defensive coach, and I think the defense is not as good as it was last year. Week 17, you're looking at the Giants. Some people still don't believe in the Giants after their 7-2 and two start, which all their games that they've won this season have been by one score. And then week 18, you're looking at the Texans. So the remaining schedule for the Indianapolis Colts is, shall I say, not the toughest, but also – very, very winnable. And and like a winnable division, like the division that they have, um, they a couple things to be a, a potential a potential playoff team uh, sneaking in at maybe the six or seven seed, um, depending on how other things shake out. So keep your eye on the Indianapolis Colts this season. All right, thank you for that, Dalton. On to our picks of the week. We picked five games. We will give you our thorough breakdown of who we think will win. We'll start with Thursday night on Amazon Prime Video. It is the Titans taking on the Packers. Packers, I mean, they got a win finally. It's been a while since they've been in the win column, but they need it. They're going to be hosting the Tennessee Titans. A team that I've been very critical of from time to time this year. Not time after time, like Sidney Lauper, time to time. Um, but I think the Titans will pull this one out. I think they are just playing, um, you know, good football enough to, you know, win a game. I mean, they beat, I mean, they played Denver, so you know Denver doesn't need, you can't, you're not scoring on Denver. And Denver's not going to score either, so you can win that game seventeen to ten. It is weird. Like I'm looking at the Titans' box score; uh, they have not been scoring more. They haven't scored more than twenty four points all season. Like they might. I need. I would need double chase in a second. I think they have the lowest points per game, and yet they're six and three. Uh, take away that Bills loss that they lost forty one to seven. You have a one point loss to the Giants. You have a three point loss in overtime to the number one seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they're playing good enough football to pull out the dub each week, it seems. So, give me the Titans. I think Green Bay would make a crucial mistake late. And I don't see Christian Watson going off for three touches on four receptions 
again. So I'm going Titans. Dalton, how do you see Titans and Packers going down Thursday night? Yes, Vince, I'm signing with you for sure. Uh, I think, you know, the Titans, the Titans have a good defense. Um, I think the, the difference between the Cowboys and the Titans is that, you know, the Cowboys, um, another primetime spot, another another game that Dallas is, you know, stand alone, they proceed to blow it. Like, there's, you know, there's certain things you're just like, ah, oh, that's such a but the Titans are different. They're tough. Um, they can they can run the ball really well, and um, I think that they have a really good defense. I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win as well. All right. Christian, uh, I, I can't say homer pick for sure. I mean, this game could go either way. So Christian is going with the Packers to win that game. Next up, we got Patriots-Jets. Uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, it has been a long time since the Jets have beaten the Patriots in the regular season, it's been a longer time since they've won in Foxborough. That's where this Sunday's game is going to be played. And, I mean, we saw a few weeks ago, it was a Patriots team that just, you know, dominated start to finish. Not saying the game, the Jets can't learn a lesson. Um, but, it, I mean, it was 22-17, to 17, so it, got, it was pretty close. But the Patriots... Uh, you know, led 22 to 10. You got a touchdown with a minute 51 to go. Zach Wilson and Tyler Conklin. And Wilson just looked pretty bad. Two touchdowns, three picks. But that was uh, only, I mean, he was coming back from injury. I mean, he, I think he'd been there for like four weeks now that I think about it out loud. Uh, but Zach Wilson, arguably his worst game. And you got Matt Jones, who is back to being the starter. There's no controversy anymore. I think they're going to let Mac you know, do what Mac does best. I think Stevenson's in for a big game as well. And again, until proven otherwise, which could be as early as this week, we don't know. I cannot pick against the Patriots when they're facing the New York Jets. I just can't. And that is why I will go Patriots over the Jets. Call me the homer if you want, Dalton. But I think history will continue to repeat itself here. How do you see this game going down? Yeah, interesting. I'm not shocked with the pick. You know, I'm gonna call you a homer, but I think for good reason. You have every, I mean, your your logic it makes sense why you would pick the Patriots. Not because you're a homer, because I know you are, but because they have had good success against the Jets. Right, and I picked the Jets earlier in the season for the first matchup between these two teams, and I'm gonna go ahead and pick them again. You mentioned earlier in the season about that about these teams they may split and. They'll split this weekend. I think the Jets will win this game on the road. Patriots took one in New York, or excuse me, East Rutherford. And I think the Jets will take one in Foxborough. Um, these teams currently in the playoffs right now. So, obviously, the Jets are not an awful team. Um, and I think that they have a really good shot in division. You never know what's going to happen. Every time we, we, we cover division games, it's like, ah, this, this could, the possibilities are endless. So I'm going to take the New York Jets to win this game. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. Will I be upfront about it? Admit my mistake? Absolutely. So, like, it's, I'm going to be fine. It's going to be, it's going to be all right. Um, yeah. Give me the Jets. Yeah, here are some numbers I may have mentioned two weeks ago. Bear with me if I repeat them. 2015, 13 games ago, was the last time the Jets won a game in the series. Uh, 2010 playoffs, the last time they won at New England. Last regular season win at New England, 08, which I believe was Brady's. That was the year Brady tore his ACL. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, again, I know Tom Brady's not the quarterback anymore. Uh, but, yeah, that was just showing you the Patriots have – I mean, they don't have the entire AFC East for 20 years. I get it. Um, but, yeah, I will not pick against my guys when they're facing the Jets. Now, the Bills in a couple weeks, different story. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, next up, we'll go with this game because Dalton – Really wanted it, and I'll throw to you here. You have a man crush on the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff because of Jared Goff's uh, success with the L.A. Rams, and I guess Brad Holmes is probably a factor in why you love the Detroit Lions as well. So, Dolan, Lions, Giants, how do you see that one going down? Listen, Spence.
those absurd, absurd assumptions, which I'm not going to say that they're complete lies, but I will say that the Lions are just a team that you cannot cheer against. I mean, listen, they have had so many years and the fact that the LA Rams, uh, Former employee, uh, former employees uh, in the scouting and GM department, Brad Holmes. I forgot what his position was with the Rams, but he is now the GM of the Detroit Lions. And Jared Goff, the, trying to turn it around. I'm here for it. Okay, I want to see the Detroit Lions back in the playoffs. I want to see Detroit have a chance to win a Super Bowl because everybody knows that that city needs it. They are one of the most. They are there prideful they're loyal fans and i'm so happy for them that they are trying their best once again um but regarding this game the lions is going they, they are going to uh face the giants on the road um lions head i guess east sort of um Take against Giants seven and two, uh, having a terrific season. I mentioned earlier, all of their wins came from one score. This Lions offense so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen each week. I think this could be a lot closer. Again, this is one of those games. The game last week, I thought that we should do um, the Bears Lions. Take the records out of it. This could be a really good game. Low key. Um, I am going to actually pick against the Lions here once again and probably be wrong, but I'm going to pick against anyway. I think the Giants continue to ride the hot hand of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones uh, with Brian Dable as head coach, and I think the Giants win this game at home. All right. I will also pick the G-Men. I just cannot see... Okay, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to get this thrown back at me. The Lions are a good team, but the Giants are just better. And uh, as much as I would love to see it upset, I'm not going to pick against Brian Dable. Like you say, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I will go there. Christian also going with the Giants. He also picked the Jets, if I failed to mention that. You guys both loving the teams in East Rutherford, New Jersey. uh, And that's how you guys are seeing it. Two eighteen to two teams are having probably the most underappreciated seasons uh to this point. I think I mean Dallas lost, so they're getting a little less love than they probably would have had they won. But Minnesota, eight and one, come up a huge win over the Buffalo Bills in a game that looked all lost with how they how they came into, you know, they fumbled on the goal line a QB sneak. Then the Bills fumble it in the end zone, and Minnesota picks up for a touchdown. They're taking on the Cowboys, who blew a lead to the Packers. And I think, again, it's a week off. I think both teams come up overtime performances. I'm going to stop with the Cowboys, actually. I, 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 I'm I going to be called someone doubting the Minnesota Vikings. I picked against them last week, and it let me down. Uh. But I think the Cowboys bounce back. They, I don't see them, if they take a two-score lead, I don't see them blowing it again to another NFC um, North foe. Um, they, I mean, they, this is, okay, I now knows that the Cowboys are playing four straight games against NFC North opponents. Similar to how the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens start the season with four straight AFC East opponents. I, I think Minnesota... Their run comes to an end. They're playing, I mean, they're playing a good team again because they beat Buffalo last week. But I think Dallas has enough in them to get the win over Minnesota. But don't be surprised. Justin Jefferson will probably make an amazing catch at some point. Dolan, how do you see the Cowboys and the Vikings going down? Um, This is really good uh, potential as well. I'm going to go ahead and the Vikings in this game. I just think the Cowboys ran into a trap game last week playing against the Packers on the road. Now they have to go 
on the road again and go up to Minnesota. Our crowd is going to be routed. And, um, you know, I, I just don't I think, I shouldn't say think, I feel as if the Cowboys, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, I've got some to figure out. Um, you know, I, 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 I have friends who are Cowboys fans and, you know, I think this past week was a real, was a real downer. Um, especially with them having a lead and blowing it and, you know, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to think that the Cowboys could turn it, turn it around. And beat the Vikings this week, but I just don't see it happening. The Vikings are playing too good military football right now. Um, to get a win last week in Buffalo, which is an awful place to play. I mean, let's be completely frank, it's an awful place to play. And the fact that they did that was, you know, something that you know we can't we can't take for granted, uh, and you know can't oversee. So. I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings. All right. Christian also going with Minnesota to win that one as well. And we will conclude with the game that was flexed in to Sunday night football, the Chiefs and the Chargers, the rematch. Earlier this year, they played week two. The Chiefs edged out the Chargers 27-24. to 24. Um it ended, you know, the Chargers scored late to get to a three-point game. At Minnesota, or Kansas City, well, actually, I'm looking back. Chargers led 17-7. to Kansas City scores a few points unanswered, 20 unanswered to be exact. Uh, take the lead, 27-17. to again, The Chargers made it close. Uh, I want to believe in the Chargers. I really do. But Kansas City is led by, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. And Herbert is a fine quarterback, but the coaching mismatch between Brandon Staley and Andy Reid is astronomical. Like, I love the roster for the Chargers should be good. Um, but somehow their defense is not where you want it to be. I mean, you lose to San Francisco, and it wasn't even like San Francisco played out of their minds. You just sucked. And that's frankly what happened. So I think Kansas City will prevail. Uh, but also going to give a caveat: it is a division game, and those tend to be very tricky. I.e., Commanders and Eagles last week. But I'm still sticking with the Chiefs this week. Don, how do you see the Chiefs and Chargers playing out? Yeah, you make a really good point about the division games. Um, but I will be picking the Chiefs to win this game. Uh, I think. Even though they are on the road, I the Chiefs will sweep the Chargers this year and improve to 8-2 and two on the season. All right, and Christian also will go with the Chiefs. Real quick, I do want to give a standings update. I forgot to mention at the top of the predictions, we have Dolan just running away with it. He's at 30-20 and 20, uh, so far. I am a game ahead of Christian. Um, I'm 25 and 25. Christian, 24 and 26. I mean, Dolls, you're running away with it. At least the regular season. It's going to take some miracle. I thought I could. I almost went one and I went one and four. I almost went 0 and five this week. Like, it was that bad. After having a few weeks of very much success. Um, I mean, that's how it goes sometimes. Dolls, anything you want to say about the standing so far? Yeah, it's been a crapshoot, dude. Like, it has been awful. Um, there has been just we, – we just can't – I mean, it's it's tough to do to predict these games correctly. So, when you get them right, it, I mean, you're feeling pretty good. But there's just off weeks that we have. And like you said, you went one and four. There are a couple weeks where I've just gone two and three. And, you know, hopefully all three of us can get back on the right track, have positive 500 or above weeks. Obviously not 100 because we're games, but 
odd number of games, but you know, hopefully we can we can finish three and two, four and one between the three of us and get back on the right track. Yeah, I I am the only one that's gone zero and five and five and zero. Like everyone else, you guys have never had a perfect or winless week. Um, but that's gonna do it for us tonight on Out of Bounds. Relatively short show, not much to get through. Um. As you know, baseball is winding down. NBA is heating up a bit, but we don't have uh, much discussion points going on. Maybe we'll try to, you know, add in the NBA as the season goes on, obviously, and give our thoughts on how the league is going. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, As always, feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Share it with uh, friends and family. Um, Feedback always encouraged as um, we state each episode and i'm spencer brown i'm dalton bishop so thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your day